0: Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship team. We're gonna we're gonna be diving in into the Word today, and, and it's gonna be a little bit different. And uh, that we're gonna be talking about today, we're actually gonna be. Uh, Uh, doing a more of a a topical sermon today and so I'm excited to be able to share with you guys the word of God thank you worship team so you guys can be seated we're gonna do things just a little bit different today I know it's just a little bit of a different flow but uh, you got to be able to ready to receive the word in different types of um, uh, seasons and so today we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about our finances as a church and 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 I believe that finances are not material I believe that there's actually a, a very much of a spiritual component to our finances. And, and over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of finances in, in the house of God. And, and really, what is God's perspective on finances? How do we properly steward finances? And uh, if you all, guys, all check your, your seat, you have a, a, a little a QR code on your seat. Everyone reach around gra- grab that right behind you. You can grab that QR code on the back. This is your free pass to a phenomenal um, a course that we are going to be diving into as an entire church and, and so be sure to grab that. You can scan that QR code. You can fill in. It's a course that is offered by one of our amazing families in this church, Clyde and Rachel Stackhouse. They are offering it up to us. They have developed it. Uh, for the, the the global church, really, and uh, they are proud to be able to offer it up to us and and so for as a church, we wanted to bless you with something that I believe I personally have gone through this, and I believe that it is a necessary revelation for the church today it 's not just talking about how to how to get out of debt as they 're going to have courses on that, but it 's more of how to have a godly perspective. About our finances. So there's five different classes that you will have free access to just by that QR code. As a church, we're proud to be able to make that available to you where we're going to be talking about your money mindset, hacking your obedience, your faithfulness, your purpose, and your future. So don't just let this sit in your pocket. If you want to better your finances, How many of you know that you need to actually take the time to apply yourself to learning more about finances? Not even just from a worldly perspective, but from especially a biblical perspective. How many believe that in this place? Right? So we're not transformed by our information. How many of you all know that there is a plethora of information available to us nowadays? But it's actually how we are held accountable to that information. So what I want to do as a church... And this is kind of a, this is just new information. I'm just thinking about this right now. I want us as a church to all go through this, not just on Sunday, but even in our groups. I want us to have some kind of conversation in our groups about, hey, how many courses have you gone through so far? You can go through this as fast or as slow as you want. But I want to encourage you to go through the entire thing, not just going through it, but to actually apply it. There's a lot of resources available to you, and I believe it is not only going to bless you, but it is going to enable you to be a blessing for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So all you are given access to that, and uh, we can grow or not, but how many know that we're going to be the type of church that chooses to show up? We're going to be the type of church that chooses to continue to keep growing. Amen? Amen. Yeah, you can put your hands together for that. I'm excited for this. We're going to be able to to dive into this. So it's a free resource to you and uh, and, and to our church. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this sermon series, Hack Your Finances. If you're taking notes, hack your finances week one. And to to give an idea of how we're approaching this, I am going to be communicating something that is in a way supportive of the material that you're going to be going through on the class, but it is not the exact same thing. So don't think just because you listen to the sermon that it's the exact same class. It's not. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, I think Clyde's in here today. Is, Is he in here today? There he is right there. Clyde, I was going through this, preparing for this message, and I'm like, what is the foundation of Of like your finances. And I'm like, I was just thinking, I was just taking some time and and praying. I'm like, okay, it's just your mindset. And then I logged on to the website, and I saw that the very first course is how to hack your money mindset. And so I think God is trying to do something here in this church. So as you listen to this message, it's one approach to your mindset, uh, but the course also has another approach to the mindset. So be sure to go through all five weeks as we go through this sermon series. So today, I wanna share with you the idea of, of our financial journey as a, a vehicle. How many know that if you're in a vehicle, if you're in a car, typically you need how many wheels for a car? Let me see it. How many, four, you need four wheels, right? Have you ever had a flat tire before? Yes. We had a flat tire on our truck just this last week. You can't get anywhere if you have a flat tire. And what I found is that many of us are trying to get around in life with only one wheel of financial revelation. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's three. And I'm excited to share with you all four wheels on what it means to be able to go where God has called you to go. Because if you're missing a wheel, it can inhibit you from arriving at the right destination Now, the destination for us as a church is reflecting Jesus and how he views finances. We spend a third of our life working in an effort to accumulate money. A third of Jesus' teaching talked about money. So it is important also that the church gives a biblical understanding on how to steward our finances well. And over the next four weeks, we're going to dive into what it means to have a godly perspective around money. Are you all ready? All right, if you're taking notes today, this is the first uh, wheel that we need to be able to have to be able to get where God wants us to go. It's a right mindset. Say right mindset. See, A.W. Tozer said, what we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I want to add to that that what you think about God when you think about money is also a very important thing to be thinking about. What do you think about God when I talk about money? When I refer to money, some people get, I remember I've been in situations where I heard someone talking about money, and I didn't really realize the bondage, the spiritual bondage that I willingly placed myself under because I lived not with open hands, I lived with closed hands. So we're going to be talking about three different types of mindsets today, if you're writing them down. Uh, we're going to be talking about poverty set, poverty mindset, materialistic mindset, and, how many of y'all thankful for this one, a biblical Mindset. So those are the three things we're going to be covering today. I don't usually do that, but I just felt like this was pertinent to be able to communicate this way today. Uh, so poverty mindset, point number one. And how many of y'all know that as we tar- start to dive into these different mindsets that in order to have a significant change in your life, you got to have a change in your mindset, Right? I, I, I got to be able to think different. We can find that our circumstances change, but our mindset around our circumstance, if it never changes, we'll actually revert back to who we were before. It's our mindset. Say mindset. I want to be able to help set you free today and give you a biblical mindset around finances. A poverty mindset, which is what we're talking about first, is the innate belief that God desires you to be financially insufficient in an effort to make you spiritually mature. It's the idea that my maturity in Christ actually comes from a, a sense of poverty. Here's some examples of a poverty mindset. The belief that the pinnacle of true spirituality is to take a vow of poverty. Another example of a poverty mindset is Jesus commanded that we all should sell everything, give our goods to the poor, and follow him. Another uh, uh, Example of a poverty mindset is money is the foundation of all evil. Being rich and being a Christian are mutually exclusive. The majority of the main characters of the Bible were poor. Again, these are examples of a poverty mindset. Uh, example, last example would be you believe God isn't happy with you to an extent, and you need to work by being materialistically deficient and devotedly pious to earn His approval, rather than surrender. Through grace and faith. See, a poverty mindset continually leaves us critical of people who are enjoying material things, like new clothes, a nice house, expensive car, nice vacations, or some kind of possession as being unnecessarily over the top. It's very much like Judas when he believed that the, the pouring of the oil on a woman, on Jesus, was unnecessary, Now, although I'm not here to talk about Judas today, I'm here to talk about poverty mindset. you got to be careful when you start seeing these things come to fruition in your life. Do you find yourself judging people because they took a vacation? Do you find yourself looking at people that have a nice car or a nice house and think of yourself as being spiritually superior because you don't partake in that, quote-unquote, debauchery? (laughs) A poverty mindset leaves us struggling to enjoy material possessions without guilt. A poverty mindset leaves us feeling pride in our lack of any financial abundance or our extravagance. Now, let me clarify today that there is nothing wrong with being frugal. There is nothing wrong with being thrifty. How many of y'all like to go to Goodwill? Let me see all the Goodwill. I like to find something. It's harder to find something now. Isn't that true? Like, I feel like now it's, like, become popular. It's probably Gary Vee went and got all the Hot Wheels, and now you can't find anything that you like to enjoy because they find it, and then they sell it online, so uh, I don't, uh, it, it's harder to find better stuff nowadays, but there's nothing wrong with being frugal. The, the issue actually comes when we apply our spirituality to our thriftiness. I'm more spiritual because I don't spend as much money on such and such or do such and such. Let me tell you, your spirituality has very little to do with what you buy it's more of your mindset around money. A poverty mindset leaves us feeling unworthy of having nice things. And this is one of the last things that I want you to be aware of, is that a poverty mindset is actually a demonic stronghold that we need to be delivered from. Romans 12, 2 talks about not being conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect Will. You see, if we do not renew our mindset, our old mindset will eventually sabotage our progress. We will not end up asking God to bless us because deep down we do not believe it is in his will to bless us. But I, 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 I'm brought to remembrance of a man in the Bible that said his name was Jabez, and he said that, the Lord, I pray that you would bless me, bless me indeed. Can I tell you that it is in the heart of God to bless his children? Do you believe that? Well, by the end of this day, I believe that you're going to believe it if you don't, right? So we got to be able to be mindful of this poverty mindset. Here's some things on how we can be free from a poverty mindset. Number one, you got to repent, You gotta be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for believing that you did not want to bless me. I'm sorry for believing that I was more spiritually mature because I had lack. You gotta be able to repent. Number two is you gotta be able to rebuke the evil spirit. When you feel it welling up in your mind that God doesn't wanna be able to take care of you, God doesn't wanna be able to bless you, you gotta be able to realize that it's the devil that is trying to withhold things from your life you got to be able to renew your mind by the word of god that's why it's important that you read the word of god to be able to see what god go through the bible See how God treats his children. Does he try to withhold good things from his children? No. Does he try to keep you from enjoying good things? No. That's not the heart of our Heavenly Father. So quit believing something that someone else placed upon you just because it's their revelation and a false revelation of God and, frankly, a demonic representation of our Heavenly Father. Quit believing the lies of the devil. Well, this isn't a prosperity message. It may feel like it to an extent. So you renew your mind with the word of God. I encourage you to stick with me through the whole thing because we're going to be talking about a biblical mindset to the end. And uh, lastly, how do you get rid of, uh, set free from a poverty mindset? This may not be for everyone, but if you find yourself struggling with a poverty mindset, I encourage you, buy something you you can afford and enjoy it without guilt It is okay to enjoy things in life. It's a very biblical principle. I encourage you, guys, dive into the word of God. Do a word study on finances. Find out, does God really want you to enjoy things in life? Yes, 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 he does. And now, that's the poverty mindset, and I didn't want to take too much time on that because I feel like this is a more pertinent topic for us, even in our Western culture, is number two, a materialistic mindset how many of y'all taking notes in here come on let me see like a, write down a materialistic mindset it's important to be able to take notes because you're not going to remember anything that i say oh come on let's be honest <laughs> all right like what did that pastor talk about i don't know let's get chick-fil-a right oh I can't because it's sunday oh no just ruined my whole day all right a materialistic mindset this is the predominant mindset in our western world so if a poverty mindset says that possessions are evil to an extent, a materialistic mindset says that possessions are everything. In the Bible, there's a story of a man who is known as a rich young ruler, and he had great wealth, and he went up to Jesus, and he said, Jesus... Show me what I need to do to have eternal life. And Jesus says back to him in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Can I tell you, regardless of where people are at in their mindset, in their journey, we have to look at them the way Jesus looks at people. says he looked at him, not with judgment. Oh, you who have so much, and you don't even follow Jesus. Or you who have so little, don't you know if you really follow Jesus, you'd have a whole lot more? No, we're not looking at people that way. We're looking at them and loving them as we reflect Jesus. He says to him, one thing you lack, so this man had everything. He obeyed the laws. He obeyed the commandments. And Jesus says, yeah, but you're lacking one thing. Can I tell you that you never actually arrived? To think that you don't lack anything is actually pride. To think that you have it all figured out is actually pride. To take a level of humility and says, you know what? I'm an imperfect person pursuing a perfect Savior. That's what true Christianity is. It was actually the Pharisees and the Sadducees that felt like they had the way to get to God. That they knew all the things, that they could do all the things, and they still missed God. Jesus exposes this to the rich young ruler, which many believe might have been someone uh, early on in the disciples of Christ. They believe it may have been actually Mark himself, who was from a very predominant family and a very wealthy family, the writer of this gospel. Many scholars believe that this could have been Mark himself says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me at this. The man's fe- face fell down. He went away sad because he had great wealth. God wasn't after his possession because God wants all your money. God's after the possessions because God wants your life. He was after his possessions because his possessions were his life. The number one thing that God is asking for is you. And if something is controlling you, God will ask for that. The man wasn't controlling his possessions. His possessions were controlling him. And what I found to be true is that if you cannot give it away, you actually do not own it. It owns you. It has control over you. Can I tell you that we don't need to give away all of our possessions in order to follow Christ? That was not the issue here. The issue was his possessions had become his idol, and you cannot serve both God and mammon. And get this today as, a, as a, just, just a word of advice that God will ask for whatever is between you and him, even if it's call of duty. And it's true. I've known people that have had to give up watching sports teams because it had become their idol. I've known people that have had to give up golf God forbid, no, (laughs) because it became their idol. People had to give up shopping because it became their idol. Because God will ask for whatever is between you and him, and he will call you to do something radical in order to break its hold on you. How many believe that today? How many would really say, God, you can have anything in my life? It's kind of a scary concept to grasp, the thing that you sometimes love the most can actually become an idol. And Jesus says, if you do not give up, father, mother, all these things to follow me, you're not worthy of me. He was talking about following Jesus. He wasn't talking about following like the church and things like that. But it was about following Jesus. That Jesus is called to be your main prerogative in life. Like what am I pursuing? What am I hungry for? What, am I, what, am I, what, am I, what is my desire for? And if I wake up in the morning, the first thing I want to do is to look at my phone. You might have an idol, my friend. If the first thing you do is you want to check your span- fantasy sports team, you got to be mindful. It could become an idol. Even things that you do for God can become an idol. Even things like instruments can become an idol. For me, maybe preaching could become an idol. You know what is an idol in your life. And I want to remind you that God will ask for whatever is in between you and him. That's why he was asking for this wealth. He was serving his wealth. The man was serving his possessions. He had a materialistic mindset that is energized by demonic strongholds, by demons. And it is one of the major strongholds that I find prevalent in our society today. Here's some lies of a, the materialistic mindset. It's number one, money will make you happy. Money will make you important. I encourage you guys, go back a few podcasts, listen to the message I preached about six, five weeks ago on we live with open hands. You've got to be able to check out that message. I'm also talking about a core value in our church and why we live with open hands. I believe that will help set you free from some of this stuff. We talked a lot about mammon and the love of money. And so here's some other lies of materialistic mindset is that money, I think I said, I don't know if I said this, money will make you important. Money will solve your problems. Money will give you friends. Money will tell us that we can, do, we can do whatever we need to do when it's really that God is supposed to be able to direct our steps. Money is a great servant. Yes, it's a tool. Money is merely a tool. It's a terrible master, though. A materialistic mindset will cause you to be jealous of other people's possessions. Exodus 20 verse 17 talks about coveting. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Why? Because God is trying to set his people apart, and he knows that covetousness actually leads to a doorway for the devil to create a stronghold in your life that you find your identity in what you have. If I just had that, then I'd be more important. If I just had that, then people would listen to me. If I just had that, then I would be a person of esteem. I'd be able to be happy again. No, all of those things, to an extent, are materialistic mindset. Materialistic mindset is an unhealthy obsession to accumulate wealth. I don't have this for you on the screen. I don't believe I do, but Proverbs 23, 4 says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. A materialistic mindset can lead to overspending and personal debt. Now, I'm not gonna ask everyone in here who's in debt. This is an unfortunate circumstance for many of us in our lives that whether it be through school debt, um, whether it be through uh, credit card debt, or maybe personal debt of any kinds. Um, many of us have found ourselves under the strangling power of debt, and that's one thing that I want to be able to help um, to, to help you uh, understand today. Hebrews thirteen five says that to keep your lives free from the love of money, be content with what you have, because God has said, "Never will I leave you; never will I forsake you." Debt. Many times, I'm not saying all the times. There's unfortunate circumstances where people end up in debt. Um, But keeping up with the Joneses is a very real mentality here in the United States. So let me help you today that you do not need those shoes. We should just leave it there and let's pray, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) you don't need that phone, man. You don't need that car. There's nothing wrong with having new shoes, a new phone, new car. You know what I'm referring to. I just need that cuz I want to be seen. Do you feel that spirit? Now you can see that spirit through your natural eyes. When you feel the need to be a, I need this. Well, I just need it because I need it. Well, if you really dove into it, why do you need the blue check mark? And people will listen. To me. Now, don't get me wrong. Like there is a there is a need for it. Sometimes people try to impersonate you. If you have eight hundred followers, you don't need the new blue check mark. Like people impersonating you, then you can try to get the check mark. But well, then I look important, right? You don't need that new house. You don't need to live in that neighborhood. The HOA fees two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but if I live in this neighborhood. To be able to see the things that you need, God knows that you need them, right? But to take yourself into debt in an effort to keep up with the Joneses for appearance sake is a materialistic mindset. And that is not of God. It will actually keep you in bondage much longer than you need to be. Can I tell you that you are not valued based off of what you have? You are not insignificant, insignificant. If you had just turned 30 and you haven't made your first million yet, you are not more significant if you did turn 30 and you've already made your first million. Because your significant is not based off of what you accumulate or what you've done, but on who you are in Christ. Can I get an amen? All right, so a materialistic mindset can cause us to be proud of our personal wealth and feel superior to others. Which, just backtracking just a moment, if you are personally struggling in debt, do not let this free class go to waste. you got to do something. It is not God's design for you to be drowning in debt. God has called for you to be a blessing to others. And to be a blessing to others, you can't be in constant need. you got to be overwhelming with blessing. And one of the things that keeps us from being a blessing to others is we feel like we don't have enough even for ourselves because many times we don't have enough for ourselves because we're always wanting the new and best thing, right? But if you just took a moment. You said, you know what? What I have is actually good enough. I don't need it. I'm actually content with what I have. But if you do find yourself in debt, there's, this is a great resource. Go through it as a church, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to bless you. So as it blesses you, be sure to let us know, like, I want to see how it blesses you. I want some written, some emails. Send it to hello at mycitychurch.cc. I want to get some emails over the next five weeks, maybe over the next five months, five years on how my mindset had shifted from one, whether it be a poverty mindset, a materialistic mindset to a biblical mindset, all because I chose not to just be a person of information, but to actually be accountable to taking in that information and applying it to my life so that I can be transformed. So now I'm not only a victim, I'm not a victim anymore to my financial circumstance, but I'm actually called to be a blessing, and I find myself able to bless other people. I carry cash now in my wallet. Five weeks ago, I said I don't carry cash anymore because God asked me to give it to people, and God says, so you're, 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 you're holding up my blessing now? <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> I'm not going to carry cash, and I came across this homeless person that took Venmo, God was like, "What now?" <laughs> so now I have cash. Cause Venmo balance is higher than the cash that I carry. No, I'm <laughs> like, that has access to my bank account. No, no. All right, so don't don't make don't be make if you are in debt. Like don't make it don't make an excuse on you can be free. Can I tell you, you can be free from being in debt. And don't think, well, it's only because I make $30,000 a year. I don't see how. There is a way to be debt-free. It's actually God's desire and command for us not to be a slave. The borrower is slave to the lender, and we are not called to be slaves. We are called to be free in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, so go on, continue. A materialistic mindset can cause us to be proud of our personal wealth and feel superior to others. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, command those who are rich Hold on a second. So there were rich people in the New Testament? Sure were. In this present age, in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There it is. Do you see it? Like, God actually wants you to enjoy things in life. This is freedom for people. Isn't it amazing what the word of God can do? That's why it's important that you read scripture. That's why you're in church every single week because this, the word of God cleanses us. It purifies us, right? All right, so lastly, a materialistic mindset is, is stingy and hates parting with money. Okay, so what happens in your heart when you hear the church talk about money? What happens in your heart when you hear people talk about need if it, I've been in circumstances before where they've done an offering message and I kind of got a little stiff in my chair. You know, uh, I, 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 I had a little clenching going on because I didn't want anyone to take my money. I was clenching on my wallet. <laughs> um, so if you have a problem with the church talking about money, can I tell you that money is possibly your God and you need freedom from serving that false God. So if you have symptoms of a materialistic mindset, there are four steps to be set free from it. Number one, you gotta be able to repent. God, I'm sorry for being able to put my trust and my hope in money, thinking that it would give me significance. Lord, I know that I'm a child of God and I find first significance in you. That's just an example of repenting. Rebuke that spirit. Next time uh, you're going to give and it says, yeah, but you could do something like this with the money, rebuke that spirit. No, I'm gonna live generous. I'm gonna be a generous person. I'm gonna build my foundation off of generosity. That's in the book of Isaiah. Uh, Number three is transform your mind by the word of God you got to be a person of the Word of God. Even just some of those scriptures, I could feel it. I could see, like, chains being broken off of people just by being able to see scripture in the background. Uh, And lastly, begin to tithe. If you haven't started tithing yet, start tithing. That basically puts all your 90%. Once you start giving that 10%, it rebukes that spirit of mammon over your life. And it knows that this 90% is now actually God's and not mine. So I encourage you to be able to, to tithe in that. All right, now lastly, we're talking about a biblical mindset. I'm actually invite the keys to come up now. A biblical mindset. Can I tell you that God is a good father? Do you believe that? I'd believe you if you said amen. God is a good father. He's your dad. Now whether you've had a good dad here on earth or not, Can I tell you, you have a good Father in heaven. Can I tell you that he knows what you need? He also knows what you want. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, so this is God talking to the people, let the Lord be magnified. Now the people talking back to God The Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Can I tell you, God is our good Father. Do you believe that? And he's also our provider. It's his name. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. If you do not see him as the Lord who desires to bless you, then we need to get a biblical understanding of our Father in heaven. You know, he provided quail from heaven to the Israelites who were in need. They didn't need quail. They wanted it. He dropped it from heaven, Exodus 16. Did you know that he provided water from a rock in Exodus 17? Did you know he supplied Elijah with bread from birds, ravens in 1 Kings 17? Do you know he provided for the widow with oil to fill every jar in the house? 2 Kings 4. He delights to meet the needs of his people. It's in his nature because our God is a good father. You see, Jesus came to earth, and his first miracle was a miracle of provision. And what some people would call to be an extravagant blessing, beyond necessity, Jesus, by turning water into wine, nearly gave the wedding party over 1,000 bottles of wine. That was his first miracle. He did this because generosity and blessing is in his nature. you got to know our God is a good father. He fed thousands of people by multiplying bread and fish and had 12 baskets left over. He caused experienced fishermen who fished all night but caught nothing to catch an astonishing amount of fish. He had one of his disciples even catch a fish that had a coin in its mouth. Now this is the best part about God's overwhelming blessing. This is something one is going to get ready to shout in this place. That it shows and reflects the heart of our Father because Jesus demonstrated the very nature of God as our provider that even when we were far from God because of our sin He not only paid the price for our sins. He didn't even think in minimums. No, but He gave us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He didn't merely save us, my friend. He blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Jesus went above and beyond for us because we are his children. Do you know that's the heart of a father? Christmas is coming up. And every dad knows it is better to give than to receive. Now, the dad's not looking saying, where's my golf club at? The dad's not wondering, hey, I hope I get what I want for. No, he is constantly trying to find out what his kids want for Christmas. I was just asking Winston this morning. He said, Papa, I was watching a football game the other day. They had a football machine that throws a football. I want that for Christmas. They're <laughs> like, buddy, you can ask. He said that. He's like, I want that for Christmas. And I'm like, I found myself, how much are those things? <laughs> you know, like I'm like, but I'd like to throw the football to him instead, like, because that's a father-son bond. Like, but the very fact that he just asked, man, it stirred in my heart. That's absurd, but how much are those things? (laughs) I wouldn't tell you that's the heart of our father. Can you stand to your feet? All right, so Jeremiah 319 says, I thought to myself, this is God talking to us. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possessions in the world. I look forward to your calling me Father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. That's the heart of our Father. He wants to give you good things. He wants to take care of you. He wants to provide for you. Those mindsets that I mentioned, put those to rest. You don't need those anymore. Acts 20 verse 35 says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the heart of our Father. You know, I have some scripture verses that I'm going to share. I don't have it for the screen. This is just extra study that I want to be able to share with you today, and I hope it helps someone. So I'm going to read about eight scripture verses. Deuteronomy 28 says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. That's our Father. Psalm 84 says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's our Father. Proverbs 10:22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's our Lord. Matthew 6 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Philippians 4 11 says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be in content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Timothy 6, 1 Timothy 6 says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we, take, we don't take anything with us when we leave it. For if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And 3 John, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Can I tell you that you have a good Father in heaven who knows what you need? Let's start calling him who he is. Amen. If you're in this place right now and you're feeling like you struggle with some level of, of, of spiritual bondage to, to, to wealth or finances, um, I believe that there's gonna be freedom over a prayer that I'm gonna pray over you today. And I want you, and the Holy Spirit's gonna minister to you. And I want you just as a sign, a first-for-sign to the Lord, to say, Pastor Eli, I, I need Godly's perspective on my finances. You wanna just lift up your hand? Lift up your hand today. All these hands all across the place. Let's go to the Holy Spirit, who's your good counselor. He helps you. He delivers you. Keep your hand up, in Jesus' name. God, we pray for our church right now. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to your church, God, that you would continue to build your church. God, even at every single person, whether they're struggling with some kind of demonic stronghold in their minds, in their hearts, God, we pray that we would have a godly perspective on finances. God, the things that the devil's trying to rob us from, not to be a witness for you, God, are the things that we're trying to accumulate in an effort to be someone that we already actually are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would not put our trust in wealth, we would not put our hope in resources, but we would have a biblical, godly mindset over our finances. Holy Spirit, our good counselor, we invite you right now. We welcome you. Would you help us, we pray. God, any kind of demonic strongholds that are in our mind, we speak freedom in Jesus' mighty name, God, that we would know who you are as our good father, as our provider. Lord, we pray freedom for the captive in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we pray anytime that devil, that barking, that roaring lion comes out into our hearts, into our ears, God, that we would be able to rebuke it with the word and the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us God I pray right now Holy Spirit that we would not put our trust in wealth our 9 to 5 God our 401k our Roth IRA no we would put our trust in the I am the maker of heaven and earth God who richly provides us with every good thing so that we too can abound in every good work would you set us free Lord God, help us to be a difference for your name. God, help us to continue living in generosity. God, help us to be a light, a city on a hill, when this whole world is looking to how they can get ahead, how they can keep up with the Joneses. We are saying, no, we are children of the Most High God. We don't need anything to prove who we are. God, we can be a light to the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.